the Brothers in Kayfabe. For over two seasons, the revolutionary force in brotherly kayfabe entertainment. And now, Pro Wrestling and Being a Good Brother present the Brothers in Kayfabe. sign at the Royal Rumble. I am one of your aforementioned brothers in kayfabe coming to you live from the WrestleMania sign that is melting above ready to have another great night of wrestling talk. I am El Gigante to my right in the StreamYard studio. That is it's Mr. Wrestling, Landon Bumgarner. It's good to be back. And Jake, we are not alone this week because with us live via satellite is your boy. It's your boy, Raj. How's it going, guys? It's going good, Rory. How are you doing? Oh, here we go. The Rory Stokes joke. It's fine. It's fine. You know what? Do it. Just in fact, the next time I'm on the show, guys, just change my whole ass name to Rory Stokes. And we'll be done with it, and I'm okay with it. Just, just do it. It's fine. It's, it's fine. Everything's fine. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. There you go. Perfect. 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 <laughs> For those who are not watching the video, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> For five bucks, you can join the Patreon, get the video version of this. Oh and wow! See exactly. What is going on? And see that Kevin Von Erich's dad really did love him. So, um, I'm dying over here, guys. I'm this sorry. Is why, this is why we couldn't have a three man booth all the time because, like, we immediately go into this crap. <laughs> we're on the road to WrestleMania and we're already making Rory Fox jokes. And, uh, you know, my dad loved me. Okay. <clears throat> because you said it, I have to bring it up. The road to WrestleMania starts with what? The Rumble, right? Right. And I saw a post yesterday that someone said, I think it's like the 2010 Rumble or maybe the 2009 Rumble. They had like a road theme. Yeah. Like the ramp. I saw that. The entranceway looked like a paved road. Yeah, and someone was like, of the hacksaw. Yeah. Coming out in his lawn mowing shorts on saturday <laughs> and some or is you know because all dads either have a pair of lawn mowing shorts or they have a pair of sleep shorts but regardless they at this rumble they had like a paved rove set up for the ramp and the person who posted this posed the question if this is the kickoff to the road to wrestlemania why isn't the rumble like always like highway themed or like road right. themed because like and i never really thought about it until then but i love that idea i do too that was one of my favorite things from that year and i think it's the only year they did it and it's they had the road all the way to the to the stage and like that's that's a great idea but uh 
we are on the road to WrestleMania, but more importantly, we are on the road to Brother Fest 2. We are the reckoning. And, and I was I was just gonna say, <clears throat> you know, we'll give more details as it gets closer, but Jake, we've got some guests that are gonna be at Brother Fest 2, the tailgate of the century. We are planning a tailgate uh from the Royal, from the brother WrestleMania, Gate. the brother, it's the brother gate. And uh, all that want to be there can be there. Um, you know, if you want to stop by, say hi, come say hi. We're going to try to do a tailgate at AT&T Stadium. I'm looking into how much a parking pass is. Um, if it does happen there, we will post like a, uh, uh, what what is that a, a pin that yeah. yeah you drop a pin we'll post a pin to where you can come straight to us if not we'll figure somewhere else out yeah. you know <laughs> my 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 father-in-law has some connections in the food industry maybe we do a a, a, a deal at the, a food place you know I don't know. We'll see. But um, if you join for $45.99 you can join the ultimate brother tier on our Patreon and we will design and then order brother fanny packs just for the tailgate. $45.99. Oh, you know that's gonna happen regardless for me at least. I wonder if I wonder if it's ATT uh, if it's gotta be clear or not, but uh might just go ahead and probably I don't know. That that would uh <clears throat> that would let everybody see my gimmicks, you know. So hey, but hey, hear me out, hear me out. We capitalize on the clear bags inside of arenas. And like in the 90s where everyone was like, hey, what if we made every electronic device translucent? Hear me out. What if we just capitalize on that and just run with it for brother fanny packs, brother packs? I had an idea. So like you have to have a clear bag when you take a bag to a professional sports arena. It's just how it is now. What if if we could find the sponsor? We make BIK clear bags to give away at WrestleMania. I like it. Free is good. Maybe a hundred of them. I don't know. We're not going to go crazy, but like that's a hundred new viewers. So that's all I got to say about that. But uh, once again, we're here. We're live. We're ready to go. We're on the road to WrestleMania. Roger is pointing to his Rory Stokes uh, tag. Listen, Rory. <laughs> I love you guys. It's it's too much. Listen, Rory, we're just building you up, okay? We're building up your character. We're gonna Wrong. put you over eventually. Give give me the old pushki. We're giving you the broski look. You know, we're gonna give you a, a mile of shit for like ten years. So what Jake is saying is he wants to push you in a wheelchair off the stage at Brother Fest Two. Wow. You know, I think I might be up for that. Hey, Let's if we it. can get Marco, those of you who have connections, if we can get Marco stunt at Brother Fest 2, I'll show up in New Jack him off a scaffolding. So I don't think that's there. how we're gonna get him there. If you go ahead and put that out in the universe, well, you know, it's a it, you know, he he's a worker. It's a gimmick, wink wink. It's a work, brother. It's a shoot. If, if he shows up, are you going to change his name to Mass Transit? 
I will. I will. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought that'd pop you. Oh. <laughs> and it's speaking, already off the rails. <laughs> speaking of mass transit, <laughs> the wrestling I'm watching tonight is ECW Bloodsport, the most violent matches. I don't think mass transit is on here. But I will. I don't know if you guys can see this. I thought this was interesting. What does that rating say? TVMA, brother. Would you ever think you would have a WWE DVD that is TVMA? Nope. No. Well, here you go. So not a single in match on there. In honor of it being a big time wrestling weekend, I, of course, am watching the classic wrestling match the Los Angeles Rams versus the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC championship. So go Niners. All right. Mother XFL XFL. (laughs) So uh, speaking of XFL, we were talking about XFL today at my family's Christmas. Yes. You heard that right. It's, it is January 30th. uh, When we record this, we finally had family Christmas due to COVID. Um, one of my cousins had never heard that the rock bought the XFL and I literally made his day because he was so excited that the XFL is coming back. Hey, I'm just saying the short lived season they had, I freaking loved it. Like it was incredible. Bobby Stoops did a great job and then COVID happened. What uh, one quick thing we got to say before, like one quick story before we go into the main to the news and everything. One of the last things that I was planning before COVID was me and that same cousin. We're going to we're going to drive to Dallas to go watch a uh, what was their name? Um, Renegade. Yeah, we're going to go watch a Renegades game because tickets were like still really cheap, but like they were starting to pick up steam and get more people. And we're like, let's just go, let's just go this weekend. And that week was whenever they shut down the entire world. Now here is something that has nothing to do with what you just talked about, Jake, but it does have (laughs) everything to do with the rock. I think my next big undertaking is going to be editing the WrestleMania 17 rock versus Austin. My way promo and I'm going to edit The Rock's dialogue. So he's like, Stone Cold, at one point, The Rock was broke. He had seven bucks to his name. And just give like the generic, you know, Disney Rock speech. Hey, whenever I beat CM Punk for the WWE title, I did it with seven bucks to my name. So with that being said, I think it's time for the news. And the news is brought to you by the Pain Insurance Agency. Call the Pain Insurance Agency today with Farmers and MetLife for a free competitive home and auto quote. Landon, you called the Pain Insurance Agency, didn't you? That's right, Jake. Me and my wife, we had an emergency at our apartment. There's a lot of flooding, and Pain Insurance Agency took care of us right away and got us the coverage that we needed. But Jake, you also have a policy through Pain Insurance Agency, don't you? Yes, I do, Landon. I uh, they the people over at Pain take care of both of our home and auto insurance. So if you want to have world champion level coverage, then call the Pain Insurance Agency at 405-286-3600 and get your valuables covered right away. 
Once again, thank you, Jake, and all of you wonderful, fine people at the Pain Insurance hey, Federation. Kayfabe, kayfabe, kayfabe. Well, I'm talking about Jake kayfabe. Lebonski. Jake Lebonski, <laughs> thank you for the fine folks at the Brandon Pain Insurance Agency. We we want to thank you for uh, supporting us here at the Brothers and Kayfabe Podcast. Landon, the news. Yeah. Rory, so, uh, the news. So obviously, we are recording this on Sunday, January 30th, which means the Royal Rumble was yesterday. So I think we need to talk about this first and foremost. Obviously, we've got some exciting AEW news, but the biggest thing is, well, we had a return to the women's division, and she ended up winning the Royal Rumble, and that is one Miss Rowdy Ronda Rousey. Gentlemen, your thoughts on Ronda coming back? Because it, I mean, it seemed like she wasn't ever going to come back. She's got a huge pop. I was really, whenever that music hit, it was one of the only entrants that really kind of got me out of my chair, so to speak. Um, the entire crowd was excited to see her. I'm like you said, I don't know. I didn't think we were ever going to see her see her again in the WWE ring. Um, quite frankly, she doesn't have to be in it ever again. So she's just doing it, you know, because she wants to be there, which we like that. Like, yeah. we like that as a wrestling fan. I'm excited to see her. I've I loved Ronda Rousey when she was in the UFC. I liked her first run. It got a little stale there for a second, but they they pushed her way too hard, way too quick. And that going forward will be interesting to see because that's the problem with Ronda Rousey is she's believably the baddest person in the division. I, I mean, she could take on some of the guys and, you know, and beat them up. They should have let Bianca Belair win the title and then have Ronda beat her for it immediately in the first title defense. <laughs> I, I will say this. It's a fresh, uh, it's a fresh breath of air to the women's division because it's been, it's been kind of still, I, I jokingly say that because a lot of the steam has been pulled off of Bianca Belair. Like, there's really no one that seems like a credible, like, you know, big star at the moment. Like, yes, we have Sasha because we'll always have Sasha. We have Charlotte. We have Charlotte and we have Becky. I guess, I guess you could say Piper is kind of the closest, but it's I, after she lost spoiler at the rumble last night, I see it the same way as Liv Morgan, where it's just, Hey, we just need a title match for the sake of a title match. I'd be shocked if we see Piper anywhere near the title again. Um, Piper. That's not who's, who's Piper. 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 Is it Piper Niven or oh, do, do, do like, drop? Do, do drop. Yeah. Whatever her name is. Well, I, I thought you were referring to uh, uh, Rhonda for some reason. Roddy like. Piper returned at the Royal Rumble last night. <laughs> Refer. Returned from beyond the grave. He had a dark match on the pre-show. That's why you guys need to tune in to watch it. 
Roger, I, I know you've got some opinion on this. I want to hear your opinion on this. So mine's going to be completely opposite from you guys. That's fine. Uh, so wrestling is a subjective <clears throat> art form. Oh, absolutely. Uh, here's my problem with it. Uh, I feel that her Ronda becoming in and winning it uh, is a total reflection of the problem with her first run, which is what you mentioned, and that is that she was pushed too hard, too fast. Um, I feel like they could have brought her in to challenge Becky without needing to use the Rumble for that, and it would have had just the same weight to it. And you could have used that Rumble win to pro- propel somebody else to that, you know, upper tier spot to take, you know, to challenge Charlotte, you know, or something of that nature. I, yeah. It, and also, of course, the moment she comes out because of her level of star power, it was like, well, we know where this is going. Like it was almost, you know a no-brainer that she was going to win it, which, yes, yeah, sometimes the obvious outcomes to a match are what we want. But really, on a Rumble match, I really do like the unexpected. Right. And when you take that out of it, it kind of kills the fun for me. Uh, not to mention, unfortunately, you know, the Rumble was a sad reflection on the state of that women's division and right. the l- lack of options and talent they do have. I mean, to be fair, I mean, if they would have had Lita win it to challenge Charlotte for the belt, that would have been a much more substantial and satisfactory ending to the rumble for me. And they still could have had Rhonda come out on Monday and challenge Becky. What? Yeah, okay. She's she's the person to beat her rematch. Take it right there. Hear me out though, Roger. Mm-hmm. What if Charlotte would have won and we would have gotten Charlotte versus Becky again? See, and I would have been in even that I would have been fine with because they could have done a title unification match, which honestly, as small as that division is, I don't think they need two titles. They don't need two. I agree. I agree with I that. Do not. The nice thing so, is the winner of the unification match would go on to face Sasha at the next pay-per-view. See, here's the thing. But not Bailey. Bailey doesn't get to Bailey doesn't get to be a part of that group anymore. See, and and that and that upsets me because I think Bailey was really starting to find her stride as far as her, you know, her comfort level on the mic and her in-ring work was great. Like I've got real, you know, I have a, I have a high level of praise for Bailey. And I honestly can't wait till she comes back and hopefully they give her the push she deserves. Well, and I, I like that Bailey has kind of come to her own with her character. Like she's absolutely out something different that can work both ways instead of having, the baby face character that she was stuck with. Um, but I don't know if the direction they're going is going to be Becky versus Rhonda. I, I don't see how they couldn't honestly. I, I think it's going to be Becky versus Char- or uh, Charlotte versus Rhonda. Well, the That's reason why the story they told in the ring Saturday. It is. And it, you know, they could still swerve and go triple threat and unify. They could still do that too. And, but then the, the downside of that is they're repeating, you know, a previous main event again, I'll, which isn't, I'll, which is, isn't terrible, but it's, it's possible. I don't think they're going down that route. I don't think this would happen, but selfishly, I would like it regardless. I would like to see Rhonda win at mania and her friend Shayna comes out to congratulate her. They're hugging. And then Shayna just starts unloading on Rhonda. Cause we got just like, a really, really small tease of that at the Rumble in, you know, organic, natural things of like, hey, here's a friend who's jealous because her 
more successful friend gets to just skip to the front of the line. That's a story you could tell really easily. Now, Charlotte is the Raw Women's Champion, right? SmackDown. SmackDown. Is she? Okay. Yeah. Becky is Raw. See, and that's the problem is I don't, they switch around so much and they were champions whenever they got switched. I don't remember where they belong. Yeah. And that's a sad state of the business right now is that WWE, they don't have consistency. And when they do have consistency, it's too much. Like, yeah, it's the last 10. The the last time that someone not named Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar was competing for the main title at WrestleMania was WrestleMania 30. Yeah. I have no problem with either of them in the picture, but like, that's the kind of consistency we're talking about where it's like, we need to change things up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, Jake, we've talked about it so many times on here. It's and Roger even touched on it. It's a reflection of their depth pool. And I'm not just saying that with all of the releases and stuff like that. I'm just saying that, you know, you could say really outside of Roman and the three out of four horsewomen, they really haven't done any major star building no. in, in years. And I think, you know, it's hard to what, what they're doing with NXT 2.0 with the fact that they're making it clear like, hey, we are trying to develop stars specifically for the main roster and to be flagship stars i think they're like expediting that process a little too fast it's not as natural or organic as it should be but you know you you see that because watching let's talk about the men's rumble match um there as i was watching it i was like man there's maybe there's two people I definitely could see winning. There's maybe, including those two, there were maybe three, maybe four people that I thought like, oh, that would be a solid choice. Not even like, this is who I want to see. But everyone else is like, man, like, well, hey, Sami Zayn isn't going to win the Rumble. You know, Rich Holland's not going to win the Rumble. There was a moment where I texted you, Landon, and I was like, Big E is the only logical choice in the ring right now to win. And it makes sense. And then as soon as I send that text, he gets knocked out. (laughs) Yep. And I was like, okay. I was like, so Brock is entering at number 30 now. Like that was before he entered. I was like, they're not going to give it to Randy. I could have seen them giving it to him just because it's St. Louis, but like, And then you have Shane O'Mac, which I will touch on that here in a little bit uh, once we get to the main conversation. But And Jake, we were talking, we were fearful that, you know, Drew, like uh, I texted you before. I was like, hey, like as long as someone other than Roman, Drew, Becky and Charlotte win the Rumbles, I'll be like, I'll be content. Yeah, because it really it really seemed like I mean, and here's the thing um, that's frustrating about the Rumble and WrestleMania season 
is it's the most predictable time of the year. It's just how it is. I mean, even predictable to the point where, you know, uh, what is it? WrestleMania 30, whenever, you know, Daniel Bryan in the yes movement, all that's going on. And what, like, you knew, like, hey, you know, they're setting up these roadblocks for him. He's going to go to WrestleMania. And then they do the thing where, okay, if he wins this match at Mania, then he'll be in the main event. It's like, hey, from a mile away, you can tell he's going to win. Well, especially when they said that either Triple H or Daniel Bryan will be added to the main event. Yeah. They're not going to put Triple H in that match. No. It's one of the, and you know, we've seen it with Roman. We've seen it with Drew. We've seen it with, with Brock. We've seen it with Goldberg. We saw it with Braun. It's just one of those things to where it's the unfortunate thing about WrestleMania because it's such a big platform as far as viewership goes that they try and cast the widest net possible. And more often than not, that means, hey, you know, it's going to be this. Right. Like, you know, Charlotte and Becky will be in the women's title matches. Regard right. Like, whether they're champion or not, there'll be something because you can't have that. You know, Seth is going to have a high-profile match because, you know. And, and that's why last paper. year was such a breath of fresh air, especially when it came to the women's division, when we have Sasha versus uh, Bianca for the title. Like, and I know Sasha, yeah, Sasha's in the match, but like, she has been rarely given that moment to shine on that big level. Mm -hmm. It's always been like, she's the champion at SummerSlam and then she's going to drop it to Charlotte or she's going to drop it to Becky. So like, that was, that was great. But like Roger, I don't know if you feel the same, but like, I know the predictability is there and it's, it's the rumble last night was, was full on that way. I will say, I will say this real quick. Overall, I think the Rumble card uh, was one of the better ones. Yeah. Because uh, full disclosure, that's the first full show. I don't know how long that I sat and watched an entire wrestling show that was current day. And, you know, outside of the the men's Rumble and the Becky Dewdrop match, like, every, like, it wasn't a bad card overall compared to Rumble's past where it seems like outside of the Rumble matches, it's like, hey, like, we, we need three other matches. What's something we can do? Roger, you got anything to add? Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I'm kind of, in general, frustrated with how both Rumble matches went in general. The women's match... Just right out of the back, just kind of the way they kind of tossed Molina to the side the way they did. I definitely had no time for that at all. I felt that was pretty, pretty crummy of them, to be honest. I mean, she they could have let her do something. And and, and I felt that was uh pretty bad. But yeah, I just I can't get on board with the win. I feel like there's another way that they could have brought Rhonda in to challenge for the title. I mean, literally, she'd lost the belt and never got a rematch. I mean, they could have done something with that just based on that alone. Um, and the story itself with her and Becky, because Becky's the one to beat her, I mean, it, it, it's, it sets itself up on its own right there. You don't need a Rumble match to do that. And I just feel like they could have taken that chance to elevate somebody, and they didn't. And it's just wasted time and opportunity, unfortunately. Well, 
we're going to get a lot deeper into the Royal Rumble pay-per-view as we go along. Um, let's enter into the little bit of the news before we get there. Kind of get to get some more of the stuff that we did like from last week before yeah. we start talking about, you know, maybe some of the stuff we didn't like, some of the stuff we did like. Because there was um, a, a match you two were both talking about before we went on air over on the other side of the wrestling business. Yeah, there was. Um AW uh what beach blast is that what they called it beach bash beach break beach, beach break, break. <clears throat> uh we had the unification match for the TNT titles which was just kind of a weird setup to begin with but that was probably my favorite match of the week I don't know about you Roger um what do you think about that whole thing uh you know I would honestly have to say it probably was my match of the week too just because there was just so many great spots in the match and it was really nice to not be able to predict the outcome on it. Like I didn't, I honestly didn't see the, the finish of that match coming. Uh, so I was pretty happy with that. I think both guys worked their butts off and just, and not to mention now I officially have my favorite ladder spot of all time. And that was that cutter. I mean, yeah, just an absolute thing of beauty. Like it, it literally is the edge sparing Jeff Hardy from the ladder. It's right moment. up there. It, it, it's it, it is now. I mean, to me, it's almost equal. It just it was so flawless and beautiful. It just like I've probably watched that clip a dozen times, and it, it's it's still just so cool to see. But yeah, absolutely phenomenal match. I'm gonna ask both of you guys. Um, what do y'all think about the refs holding on to the ladders as they do these ladder bumps? <sighs> <sighs> Well, wouldn't you know who won the pony? I I understand why they do it, but I absolutely hate it. It the only time it has ever made sense was in Mid South Wrestling when it was the Junkyard Dog versus Jake the Snake Roberts in a ladder match, and they were using an extension ladder and not like <laughs> a fold out ladder, and so it was like, oh yeah, that makes sense for the referee to hold it. I. Like I get why they do it because they need to stabilize it while they do their spot, but it's like it's, it's yeah. I, I personally hate it. It's stupid. I, I I'm I think I'm with Landon in the category of don't like it. Uh, I think if the situation calls for it to be done, okay. Like for instance, when he moved the ladder, okay, I kind of understood that because it's a situation like, okay, well, the guy could fall, land on the ladder improperly and cause some serious injury. I could understand that one little spot, but actually supporting the ladder while the guy is on it, like, no, you're there to take that risk, and that takes away from the illusion of that. Like, if they're going to do that, they might as well start doing the cringy slow climb to the top. So, I guess they're doing it to keep him safe, but it's like, can, can they not come up with a more creative way to stabilize the ladder for their spot than the ref? Like, all right, good luck, guys. Yeah. I get your your feelings on it, and I understand, but I'm the exact opposite. I actually kind of like it because it adds to the match to me. It makes it makes sense that the ref would be there to do that. Like in in this realistic wrestling world where this is a sport and all of that it would make sense if the the ref was there 
assisting with that type of deal because their job is to make sure that number one, the match goes accordingly. You know, there's no schmas, there's none of that, but also that everything is in a safe environment as possible. So like, I, I see why from a story standpoint, it would make sense. I, I think if we're going to lean into that, cause I, I can see that, but I feel like if they're going to do that, then they need to lean into it completely. And what I mean by that, and now it would change the structure of a ladder match, but almost like, you know, think of a steel cage match. Hey, I want to open the door. Well, the referee has to be the one to open the door and hold it open while you climb and then close it. If you're not, I think it ought to be, if we're going to do that, it ought to be the same way in ladder matches to where it's like, Hey, the the ref is going to, you know, say, Hey, I want to climb. The referee opens the ladder and holds it. And then let the guys climb up and do their spots while the ref is oh. holding it. And the reason I say this is I can, I can, from a storyline standpoint, hear Tony Khan going, I have a lot of money invested in these two guys. Make sure that those ladders don't fall over and they, they die. What they, what they're going to do on their own is, is that, but like, make sure the ladders don't fall over. Like I could see him go to the ref and saying that from a storyline standpoint. So that's all I'm going to have to say about that. Like I understand both sides of it, but that's, that's where I lie on it. Um, no, I, I can see that too. Agree on that. What do y'all think about uh, the newest member of the AEW roster debuting on Wednesday night, a very nice, very evil, very elite member of the roster i i could not think of a better debut for him than that especially that who dan housen is so let me get this out here i've told you jake i love dan housen the character like i could listen to him talk all the time like literally anything I, i think that's the best thing he's one of those guys for me and I mean this in the nicest way, he's almost like a Stardust Santino kind of character. Like It's going to be hard for me to take him serious as far as like a, you know, if he were to ever challenge for the world title. Yeah. It would be hard for me to take it like that. So having him debut like this instead of doing, you know, some, you know, generic come out run to the ring talk about how he's come to aew because he wants to take on the best there is i think for his character it was literally the most perfect debut because it's like oh hey he's under the ring hey he's holding on to a chair okay he just cursed adam cole like that's like that's perfect and that's money for for what he is i i look at it almost like the same way with you know the over the top characters like orange cassidy to where it's like there's a really creative way that you can book that and you just absolutely milk that over the topness for what it is but you have to be smart about that in a you know if AEW continues to claim to be sport-based you know realistic competitive wrestling you need to tackle that very smartly if that makes sense roger uh, I loved it. Uh, I'm a massive Danhausen fan, uh, just because 
as odd as the character is, he still has logic, if that makes sense. Like he is very vocal about his motivations that he does everything for money and power to buy things. And I mean, honestly, like he's there to do that, to make money. Like he wants to make human monies. And that's the thing. Like, yeah, he's a little bit of a weirdo, but I mean, there are weirdos in this world, but at least he puts some kind of like, you know, reality based objective and, you know, MO in his game. So I don't mind it. Uh, The guy I think is pretty good in the ring. Kind of like you said, I don't see him being able to really compete for a world title necessarily, but I think he will make a really great, um, I guess, comedic relief piece, Uh, but also somebody who's just entertaining, whether it's for comedic purposes or not. He's, you know, great when it comes to just being able to vocalize himself and portray the character. Uh, and I, I, I got a lot of time for Dan House, and I think he's going to do really great things in AEW. He's one of those. He has the unique position where he doesn't need the world title. No. Like that, the world title, like, at, would it be a feel-good moment? Probably. Because I talk about there is an elimination chamber where all of a sudden I was cheering for Santino to win it because I was like, hey, like, you know what? This is organic. Let's go with it. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, kind of like a doink the clown. Like he could go his whole career and not necessarily, you know, win all these belts and stuff. And that's not going to hurt him or anything. No character doesn't need it. Yeah. And that's like a very, you know, that's like, that's like lightning in a bottle to where it's like, Hey, I can literally do whatever I want. He just wants to Khan's monies. Some of the, some of the best wrestlers in history have been like that. They've been, bigger or not necessarily bigger but they're so great on their own they don't need a title you know that's that, that those are the characters that really have staying power i love i love the jump that he's made over to AEW i think it's the perfect playground for him because they have proven that they can take a comedy character and make them more than over with the fans case in point orange cassidy he was a comedy character. He was a spot spot guy on all the indie shows that he went to. And now he is one of the most over characters in their entire roster. And I don't know anyone that likes AEW wrestling that doesn't like Orange Cassidy. I feel like that's going to be the same thing with uh, Dan Housen. I loved the debut. It's perfect. Like you said, it doesn't make sense for him to run down to the ring and be like, this is why I'm here. Yeah. No, he, he was there for all of 10 seconds. And it was to the point where is this a cameo appearance appearance? Is this, you know, what is this? And then Tony Khan confirms it on, on Twitter. Okay. So now you just get to see a lot of Dan Housen. And even if it's, even if it's a, a deal where he only <clears throat> wrestles sparingly and is a promo guy and does his goofy stuff and has his interaction with uh, Billy ass and the ass boys and you know, all of that, like that's great. I want Dan Housen just randomly showing up in the backstage area and calling people by the wrong name. Mm. Can I pitch something to you guys? Go right ahead. 
So how the APA had like their little door with the card table behind it. I would love Dan Housen to have something like that. Like he has his like evil lair or like, you know, right. he is the Dan Housen cave or something like that. That's just, you know, it just happens to be backstage in every arena they go to. Yeah. And cause I think it's one of those things like, you know, you could even have him like on elevation or you could have him on dark or stuff like that or rampage. But then maybe it's like on, dynamite you know the main thing he's doing is he's got reoccurring backstage or even like when mick foley was commissioner and his office was like the bathroom stall right and you'd go knock on the door and he'd swing it open like i think you could have so much fun with that or even you know like who's to say you know the gun club doesn't get a visit from dan Housen and they're like it's as simple as you know he ties their shoelaces together or right you know puts i don't know puts salt in their water bottle or something like that before yeah. they go out there and then they can't talk on the mic i i just i i love what he's gonna bring to it you have to believe that tony khan has already paid the money to get the rights to tequila because like why have Danhausen if you can't do the tequila spot at least once I'll say this. If he does pay for the rights to tequila, like next year, or I guess it'd be this year, like at Fighter Fest or something like that, have it hosted by Dan Housen and the show just opens with him like in his little sailor hat and yeah, tequila playing and like let Dan Housen be like the guest general manager of like yeah. some of those big shows. And he's like, no, that'd be right, awesome. This match, this match is a money bag on the pole match or. You know, just something like that. Yeah, let him decide the gimmick for one match every one of those like weird pay per views if he's the host, and you know, spin the uh, wheel, make the dealer be cursed. Exactly. exactly. Here's here's the cool thing about Danhausen. So like, people, it's interesting. Like, I don't know if campy is the right word. People hate the way WWE does like cheesy over the top entertainment, but they love, you know, like if the young bucks do it or if the elite do it, I think Dan Housen is that perfect balance to where the cheesy stuff you would only see on WWE stuff. I think you could get away with it now. Like at Christmas time, I want Dan Housen in a Santa hat or an elf hat and elf ears, you know, delivering, jars of teeth backstage right as christmas present i like it there's just so much fun with oh you know there's gonna be a Britt baker spot somewhere oh easily like if we don't get it to where like hear, hear me out they they set up a spot in a Britt baker match where she knocks out her opponent's teeth and you just see dan Housen's hand come out from under the apron feeling around he gets the teeth and just like pulls him back in that would be awesome exactly like this is the way you make money with Dan Housen. Or he just like kind of comes down the ramp with his little jar in his hand, like looking around, like Yeah. <laughs> just and just like, scoops it up and throws it in the jar. It what would be great is like all of a sudden you see like it cuts to the tooth laying there and you see uh, yeah, exactly. You just see yeah. him peek He's over. looking out and he just and then just goes right back down. And even if everybody else no sells it, except for the people in the ring, they're like, what the f was that? Like, and I, 
it, he's just money. He he's he's always been money. I think he's going to be one of the next big stars, and he's not going to be the guy that you're going to go. Oh, Danhausen needs the title. Like he's just going to be that guy that everyone likes because yeah. he's Danhausen. It's like when mankind transitioned from scariest serious competitor mankind to, you know, fun mankind. And you can Mr. You, Stocko and Yoko the Clown or whatever. You can even give him that run with the title if you want to. And it be kind of that similar thing to to mankind. Like the underdog that shouldn't be there that did it and then he's he doesn't have to have the staying power in the main event. I mean, you could, they could literally just rip off the exact same spot. You know, let's say MJF is champion and he's just like brutalizing Dan Housen in this title match. Run in after run in after run in. And then finally, you know, Mox comes out, hits his finisher on MJF, drags lifeless Dan Housen on top. One, two, three the place explodes because it's like Dan Housen just became champion. He didn't know it. And now he's going to tell an elaborate story about how, you know, <clears throat> almost like balls Mahoney esque to where it's like, yeah, it's from the first, you know, from when the bell first rang, like I poked him in the eyes and I hit him in the stomach once and then pinned him one, two, three. And everyone's like, no, you, you got your butt whooped for, 20 minutes and it's like nope Dan Housen has no memory of this <laughs> exactly I I, th I think it's exciting it's I think it's a good thing not obviously for Dan Housen but I think for AEW in general it's a good I think it's going to help them to have more mainstream entertainment appeal if that makes sense yeah I think this is the perfect moment to transition into our main talking point of the night and that is the Royal Rumble. So we talked, we we talked about it. I, I tried to keep us off of it as much as possible. But let's start with some positives. That way we're all not just bashing what we see. Yeah. So Landon, what what did you like? What was your main like from this Royal Rumble? I liked that Lashley won the title because I think Lashley's one of those guys. He, I'm glad they've given him multiple title reigns because the first one, you know, just because you win the title doesn't mean it solidifies you as, you know, a worthy champion. I mean, and I mean this in the nicest way, like Dolph Ziggler, Jack Swagger were world champions, right. but you don't think of them as world champion level people um that's a crime yeah it, it's it just is one a crime. Of, yeah and it's one of those things like it would probably mean a lot more if they had multiple title reigns or they had longevity to the reigns so it's it's very feel good that lashley is getting the due he literally should have gotten you know 15 years ago and yeah. i didn't I didn't expect Brock to lose that. I mean, in hindsight, now we know why, but it's kind of like we like I just figured Brock could hold the belt till Mania. Rory, what do you think? Well, I can say this is probably the first Rumble pay per view in a, a very long time 
or I was actually more impressed with the actual matches on the card outside of the Rumble matches. Uh, the Seth and Roman match was great. Uh, the 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 finish was kind of eh, but I did enjoy the match itself. The you know the mixed tag match with you know the it couple versus and I'm not going to say it because it's dumb, but Beth and Edge. It's 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 it's, it's cringe is what it is. Thank you. It's, uh, it's the grit couple. But uh, that match was a lot of fun. Uh, the Lashley and Lesnar match was really good. Kind of went off the way I was expecting it to. So that was kind of nice to go. Ah, okay. Called that one. Uh, but it was still enjoyable. Just two big dudes, just slamming it out. Really, really fun match. I want uh, that. I'm telling you, like I'm, I'm for it. Uh, I did not see necessarily Heyman turning, uh, but at the same time, uh, still the same end result, but uh, yeah, I, I actually enjoyed the individual matches on the card a lot more than the Rumble matches by a long run. Yeah, th- this was the first year, at least to me, and that's it. Someone who's been to the Rumble live, it didn't feel like okay, like how many more matches do we have until the Rumble starts? Yeah, and there's you know, looking, I mean, I was watching Rumble 2004 last week, and there's great matches on the undercard but it's like the rumble's gonna overshadow that right and so this was like a solid card to where it's like hey like i'm okay watching these matches until the rumble instead of like cool they're clearly just filling up the card and absolutely time until those rumble matches start i completely agree i think the undercard for this was the best that the rumble's been in a while um, cause usually it's a one match show. And I mean, since they put the women's match in, it's been a two match show, but it's, it was nice to have some really good feuds like Lashley and Lesnar is something we've wanted to see forever. Uh, you know, R- Seth and Roman is always entertaining. They are, they have so much chemistry that they are so good together. Um, I think that the undercard was one match too long, but I also don't know which match I would get rid of the Becky match. Um, Probably. It was the weakest out of all of them for me. I think the Becky match was the weakest because I think that it went longer than it was supposed to. Well, I I I got I got I actually have a follow up on that. I think the reason why it was the weakest is because nobody believed for one second Becky was dropping the belt. Period. Right. Well, that because too. unfortunately they, they've made her into this unbeatable champion, which is another reason why I thought that the Ronda win was too much of a dead giveaway. Because who else is going to have her beat? You know, Charlotte and Becky are the new Brock and Goldberg. It feels like it. I will say this in, in that regards. When I saw the 2020 Rumble live, I think it was Oscar versus Bailey for the SmackDown women's title and that match it like, I'm sure it would have been fine on any other card, but for there, it was like, Hey, like Oscar's clearly not going to win the title tonight. Right. That's something Why else it- though. Where's Oscar? Like, come on. Show Unreal. Her Unreal. And, her and Bailey are just hanging out with everyone else who I, isn't there. I will say this. I think Becky and Dewdrop which is the dumbest 
I, I refuse to say it. I've completely stopped saying it now. I won't. I won't say it anymore. I think it's I that stupid. You guys remember Emma? Oh yeah, yeah. AKA Tanisha, whatever. Tanil Dashwood. I do wish uh, Dewdrop would come out and do her little Emma the that weird little thing they'd make her do in all of her entrances because it's like, well, that'll that'll get her over if she walks like an Egyptian all the way to the ring. That's terrible. So. I, I will say this, that I think that that was supposed to be a much shorter match, but I think they had to pivot when they were pulling the WrestleMania sign down and they're like, okay, eat up some That's time, fair. eat up some time because like the match seemed disjointed. There was a very clear direction early on and then it just kind of got muddy through the middle. And I think it's because they had to extend the middle and they kind of just started wrestling. Like they went from telling a story to not telling a story, if that makes sense. Um, and so I, I honestly would take that match out. I don't really think the rumble needs a lot of title matches. Um, because it's just kind of predictable at some points. Um, but I, I loved Lesnar and Lashley. This is the bad part about WWE for me. I loved Lash, Lash, Lashley and Lesnar until the end. I loved Seth and Roman until the end. Like, WWE has a problem with landing the finish. And... I'm not trying to harp on it as much, but like the two WWE title matches, world title matches ended in a schmoz caused by Roman. That's lazy. I mean, I don't know if y'all feel the same way. I loved the schmoz at the end of the universal title match because it's something a little bit more different than we're used to, but still like, we're in a preview premium live event. Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, how do y'all feel about that? I think it's one of those things. I think if they would have done one of them and saved the other for another time, I think it would have been just fine. But it's almost like, you know, the <laughs> there's the joke we've told on here before, the story of Cornette and Russo. They're booking a show and Cornette asked what the Russo, what the finish of the main event is. And he's like, Oh, it's going to end in a run in DQ and Cornette loses his mind. He's like, there's nine matches on this card in the previous eight all in and run in DQs. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's like with anything else in wrestling, like every match doesn't need a super kick. Every match doesn't, you know, need a hundred false finishes. Every match doesn't need to, you know, and in ref stoppage, just like all these things, it, it takes away from the value and the impact. Cause at first I was like, Hey, like this is cool that Roman's refusing to let go and choke out Seth. Yeah. And I think I didn't like that in hindsight after we got the finish with Lash Lashley and Lesnar yeah. saying Lashley and Lesnar is the hardest thing for me right now. That well, it makes speech you, impediment is coming out. It makes you wonder. It's like, okay, well, just logically, someone who just watched the show, is this, are we getting, 
Lesnar versus Roman? Are we getting Lesnar versus Roman versus Seth? Are we getting, you know, Lashley versus somebody else? And there's just no way of knowing. It's just one of those things. I wish they wouldn't have done the Seth spot knowing that's what they were going to do at the end of the Lashley match. Well, and you knew at the end of the uh, Lashley match that we're going full on Brock versus uh, Roman. Like you knew that's where they were going. Even if Brock didn't win the rumble, that's where they're going. Yeah. And you know, we, Jake, we've talked about this a lot. It's nice that, you know, how many times have we seen Brock versus Roman? We've seen it way too many times, but at least now it's fresh. What, what is it? Bruce Pritchard said it's a fresh paint of coat. Fresh paint of coat. And, you know, because we've never seen a baby-faced Lesnar, you know, as the challenger going up against a heel Roman. You know, literally up until this last month, it's always been baby-faced Roman trying to conquer big bad Brock. And so it's nice that it's flip-flopped, but I'm afraid it just that whatever freshness is there is going to be plagued by other stuff whether it's you know well we use the rumble to to make this happen or you know we have this run in because like if seth jumps in it's like okay well there goes all the excitement of brock versus roman being different because now we know oh this is your stereotypical we need a triple threat title match at every wrestlemania now what's your thoughts roger you know, I just think they could have just went with the clean finish on the Roman and Seth match, honestly, just to choke out. It's believable. I mean, Roman's been just completely unstoppable for a long time now. And, I mean, pretty much everybody's been kind of expecting him and Brock to cross paths again. Uh, so it, it only makes sense to progress that way. So, yeah, I, I, I think having both matches have some kind of weird dusty finish to them is not necessary. One out of the two would have been fine, but yeah, having both of them, uh, I could definitely see why it probably left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. Well, and I think that the storyline makes sense that this is a different Roman than uh, the Roman that's faced Seth all those times. Like, yeah, Seth has Roman's number, but not this Roman. This Roman, like they kept on saying, is on that God tier level right now. Yeah, And they've made Roman into someone that I like. My wife bought a Roman Reigns t-shirt the other day. Like, I really enjoy what Roman is doing. And I think that there's better ways to get to where they wanted to get. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that during the Rumble. But uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what everybody else liked during the show first. I thought the, you know, it was stupid the way it was advertised, but I thought Miz and Maurice versus Edge and Beth was far better than, you know, Cena and Nikki versus. Yeah. Just because it feels a lot more authentic. And, you know, you know, pro wrestling aside, like it, what, what a cool thing for Edge and his career to like, hey, it's one like never did I imagine I'd be wrestling in 22 
but to get to do a program with my wife and it not be um ridiculous i i think there's still some cool stuff they could continue to do together you know i wouldn't hate it if you know if they manage each other even you know if beth is out there i was kind of hoping depending on you know it just depends where they go with this on raw tomorrow but i thought it was cool you know what if we get a heel turn from edge and beth yeah just for like what a because some of their best work that the two of them had done has been as heel. So, you know, uh, I, I thought, you know, it was a it was a match that wasn't painful to sit through. And I was appreciative of that for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's definitely not the match that I would cut from the card. And I thought it was going to be that match. Um, But I think everybody in the ring is just so good at what they do. Maurice included, like uh, people forget how good of a run she had when she was on top. Um, she's not the greatest technical wrestler in the world, but neither is the Miz. And they make it work. They know their character inside and out, and they made it work. Especially, I, I went back and forth with liking the scared Maurice part <laughs> because, like, it didn't make sense for the character as we knew her, but then I sat and thought, well, this is different. Like this is the mom Maurice that's been retired for eight years, you know, like, yeah, she's going to be afraid of uh, the psychopath Beth Phoenix. Like Beth Phoenix is one of those people that hurts people, (laughs) you know, so I could understand that, but I really liked that match. Um, one of the things I really liked was uh, I I didn't hate the women's match, the women's R- Royal Rumble match. Um, I popped several times. I liked some of the surprises that they had. I really popped for Sarah Logan, even though she was only in the match for a little bit. Um, you like seeing names like that pop back up. Um makes me the way they were eliminated makes me wonder if it's going to be live in Sarah Logan against the Bellas at WrestleMania. I would like that match. That would be a good match. Um, just, just me taking things that happened in the rumble way too seriously. Like, like I even texted Landon, uh, AJ comes out and does the HBK pose on the stage. So in my brain, I was like, Shawn Michaels is returning in the rumble and it's going to set up a mania match between AJ and Shawn. So Shawn can have his final great match, but obviously that didn't happen. So, um, but I liked, I liked some of the surprises in the women's match. I liked some of the booking in the women's match. Um, I just don't know why, uh, why Charlotte was in the match. There's no telling. I will say I the the women's rumble was far better than the men's. Oh, and sure. the some of the surprises, I think, like because the rumble can't all and we were talking about this, Jake. The rumble can't be every entrant, especially the surprise entrance. It can't be someone who's like dead set, like, you know, it's my destiny to win the rumble. Right. Like it's not your job to 
you know, as, as the viewer, we shouldn't think like, oh, they have a credible chance. Like some of the, like, you know, they're going to be in the match and eliminated within seconds. And I, you know, I think like Ivory coming out to the right to censor music or alarms. I oh, should I say. popped big time. Like that's a perfect surprise Royal Rumble spot. You know, nobody, absolutely no one took that serious. There's no way you think she's going to win and you shouldn't expect that. And it was, you know, it was fun. It helped the flow of the match. It broke things up. But then also like Molly Holly coming out, Mighty Molly and Nikki attacking her. Like, yeah, I saw that. And the first thing I thought was like, can we get Nikki versus Mighty Molly at WrestleMania? Because I would be all over that. Oh, yeah. Even if it's at uh, the uh, greatest elimination chamber match. The greatest elimination chamber ever. Live from Jeddah. Titus O'Neil can slide into the chain link. You know, that's a match I want to see. It's two superheroes. Uh, You know, that's great. It, It makes sense. And it's, you know, the Rumble is cool because it gives you the opportunity to where you can, in a moment like that, hey, you just built a program out of nowhere. You don't have to go that way. Yeah. But you you don't. Yeah. And it's just one of those, you know, the Keith Lee Brock Lesnar spot from a couple of years ago. It amounted to nothing, but it could have become something instantly without them having to set it up on TV or them having to waste, you know, raw time or SmackDown time. Right. And so I, I liked it. I am sad. We did all we got was um, really just one of those appearances in the men's rumble, but you know, the it's every year with the women's rumble, it's almost like, all right, I hope there's a lot of good surprises. Cause otherwise I really don't care about this because I know historically speaking, it's probably going to be Rhonda dominating it or not Rhonda Charlotte dominating the majority of it. Right. Or Becky, you know, coming in last minute or something like that. So this one, I think this might have been the best overall women's rumble they've had. Just because it, I mean, it became predictable at the tail end. But for the most part, it was like, okay, like, you know, this is fresh. It isn't. Oh, yeah. Charlotte's going to win. That's it. Yeah, I agree. Um, Let's talk about the men's rumble. Supposedly, they rewrote the men's rumble 20 times on the day of the rumble, and that shows that shows big time. Um, they this rumble really showed their severe lack of big stars, all their big stars are already in programs, yeah. Because you know, it's like we said earlier, it's like you don't expect Sami Zayn to win, you don't expect Ridge Holland, or you don't expect Chad Gable or Otis to win. Um, quick, quick deal breaking news Hook just appeared at an Action Bronson concert. Nice, Action Bronson sent Hook. Anyway, continue. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say it's one of those things to where it's like, you know, hey, we know Drew's in the is gonna be in the Rumble. So unless there's another name on that caliber, like a Roman or Lashley or Brock, 
hey, it's probably going to be Drew that wins because there's no one else with any remote credibility that would make sense to win. And there's not even, there's really not anyone in an underdog spot. Right. You know, like when Rey Mysterio won the Rumble and, you know, when Alberto Del Rio and Sheamus won the Rumble years ago, there's no one in a position to where that could be a launching pad. Well, you could have at the very least let AJ Styles go the distance and then get eliminated in the top four. Like that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the tricky thing. Cause even like this shows you like AJ is one of their biggest stars overall. He's not booked like that on TV right now, but because of that, like if AJ would have won, like I would have loved it, but it would have been like, that's weird because what happens with the almost feud now. Right. Like he's been, that's the role he's been like with, if Randy would have won. Well, damn pal, we, uh, we put almost over at the greatest elimination chamber. Like he's the new WWE champion. And that would have been another thing. Like almost is probably the only non-main eventer that it would have made sense to win. And it would have been like Braun Strowman put, push him to the moon because he's big and hope that he gets over. I will say though, um, Bad Bunny did great as always. I love Bad Bunny in there. Freaking Johnny Knoxville was amazing. Like I, I put Knoxville, Stephen Amell, and Bad Bunny as the top celebrity workers because it's not like I love. I, I, I'd put Dennis Rodman in there, but it's not like. Carl Malone, it's not like Jay Leno, it's not like Snoop Dogg, it's not like Snooky, all these people to where it's like, oh, they maybe they have bigger name value, but they just look like absolute garbage trying to wrestle. Knoxville, like he was laying in his punches, like the double leg takedown he gave to Sami Zayn. Like it was one of those things is like, hey, like that actually looks good. Like, well, and you know that he could take the bump if he needed to take the bump. Yeah, it's not like one of those things to where it's like, hey, you're a celebrity. This is how you do a clothesline, and this is how you do a scoop slam. Call it good. You know, the fact that he was, like you said, he was willing to take the bumps, but the fact that he got offense on and it looked believable, you know, the fact he went up to AJ and hit him, and then AJ just starts lighting him up. Yeah. His, I don't know, like, that. that's a good celebrity spot in my opinion what do you think raj uh yeah the celebrity spots were fine you know knoxville did good and uh bad bunny was fine as well i've got no qualms with them but um the men's rumble match just it, man it, it it was so bland like honestly I, I will say this i will give bad bunny all the credit in the world for taking an f5 from brock lesnar I'll I'll say this. I think I think Bad Bunny could easily do a Ronda Rousey kind of thing. And whenever he's done doing music full time, like if I don't know why WWE wouldn't take him. And I think, you know, it wouldn't be bad if yeah. he made that transition. Continue, Raj. Uh but I mean I think they had a lot of viable options that could have been the winner of the rumble outside of Brock. And I think that's probably my biggest frustration with it because for starters, yes, I know that, you know, H has been kind of in this, you know, spot with almost, 
But I mean, kind of he squashed him and it's been kind of over with. Hasn't really been any follow up from that. And AJ's never won the Rumble. So why not? Mm. Uh, I and think you if know anything, his career is going to the end. Yeah. I mean, why not let him write it on a high note? You know, uh, Drew McIntyre. Yes, he's won it before. But I mean, is Drew like, man, did you hear that pop when he came out? Like the yeah. fans are still behind him. And he's honestly, over. like, Drew is the. You know, he is unfortunately the victim of the circumstance of the pandemic era right. where he had to be champ the entire time there were no crowds. And I think that's really unfortunate. I feel real bad for Drew over that because uh, I think he's somebody who really deserves to be a champ with people, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think he kind of got the you know unfair end of the stick on that. So they could have even had him win it. Uh, there's lots of ways they you know, just could have went around it. I just don't think Brock was the way to go. Uh, and I know that it left, you know, a lot of people very, you know, I, I mean, I don't know there was people who liked it and that's fine. You know, it's it, it, kind of like you said earlier, all this is subjective. Um, but with the winners they chose, those winners are such high profile stars. They easily could have got them into those title matches other ways than utilizing a star making rumble win if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest complaint. It, I look at it almost like a money in the bank kind of thing. It's like, do they need that? Yeah. If not, why would you not stretch it out and put it on so, somebody that it can either bring them up to that level or at least, you know, like Otis. Yeah. When Otis had money in the bank, like that made Otis a star. And now like, you know, that he's part of Alpha Academy or whatever, like all, all the steam is gone from him, you you know. Well, and I was all, whenever people were saying that they think Brock Lesnar was going to win the Rumble, I was like, okay, that's fine. But I had forgotten that he'd won the Rumble before. So that was the only reason that I was fine with the way, with them going that way. They were like, oh, well, they'll get Brock a Rumble win. And then it's part of that. But then I forgot he won the Rumble his first run. So I don't know. There was, there was a lot of different ways they could go with it. Brock getting into that match with Roman at mania makes sense without the rumble. Like mm -hmm. he has a legitimate qualm. Roman has made his life hell since coming back and give me what I want. Yeah. He can do the Batista move. Give me what I want. Hey, and there's, if you go back in history, if you go back to 2004, No Way Out 2004, Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE title. Bill Goldberg is at ringside. He gets in the ring, hits Lesnar with a spear, costs Lesnar the title to Eddie. This drove Lesnar crazy. And Lesnar literally came out on SmackDown and in the middle of the ring dropped to his knees crying and was begging Mr. McMahon, please give me Goldberg. And Mr. McMahon was like, okay, you want Goldberg? You got him. You got it. Like, you can't think back, if you guys remember, it, it was like Triple H versus Lesnar like in 2012 or 2013-ish, and... Brock and Heyman went to WWE headquarters and destroyed Triple H's office. Like, why could we not get something like that where Lesnar is like, hey, I want the match. And they're like, sorry, like, you know, it's up to the Rumble winner to decide who gets 
you know, who challenges Roman for the title. And so Brock is like, okay, hey, I'm going to show up to Roman's house or I'm going to show up to WWE headquarters and I'm going to close the door, put on my night vision goggles, and you're just going to hear Vince McMahon screaming on the other side of the door. Like, there's so many ways they could have taken it to where it's like, hey, if you're not going to give me the match, then I'm going to force you to give me the match. So before we get on to our wrestlers of the week and our match deals, I want to just talk about one thing, and that is the legend spot being Shane McMahon. Now, I don't dislike Shane McMahon. Um, I love whenever he comes back because the guy's not afraid to do anything. But my problem was that he supposedly was one of the producers on the match. And that apparently one of the reasons that it was rewrote many times was because he lobbied for himself to not only finish in the, uh, you know, top five, top four, whatever he ended up finishing, but to win the Royal Rumble match. <laughs> well, his the, dad did win it. And apparently there was shouting matches and now it's he apparently buried Jamie Noble to uh, everyone backstage and I don't like it. I don't like it a lot. Uh, it's just they've now yeah Shane was in the final four listen to this this is how bad WWE's roster is right now final four was Brock Lesnar bad bunny Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon uh, I just apparently now that there's going to be a big Wrestlemania match with Shane McMahon involved like when are we going to be done with this never it's one of those things. I, I see it like this. Like it just shows you the horrible process WWE has for creative and producing to where it's like, <clears throat> you know, it would be one thing if it was just Shane McMahon right. producing that. You know, it'd be one thing if it were just two people. But the fact that they probably had multiple producers for that rumble and then they had the you know the 30 plus member of the creative team writing and booking it then giving it to the producers and then the producers deciding how it's going to go down i mean that this is why you know how many times it's like hey raw goes live in three hours and they're writing a new draft for the show again right it's you know it's a horrible plagued process i know people were excited when bruce pritchard came back even when eric bischoff came back all these things and it's like hey they're i hate to tell you those two guys aren't going to do anything except either say no rewrite that or okay that's you know you guys aren't coming up with anything good this is what we're going to do it, it doesn't fix the problem i will say um i know we got maybe a little too much Shane McMahon a couple of years ago with like Kevin Owens and the greatest Royal rumble is the best in the world. Oh yeah. The best of the world, like that kind of stuff. I think Shane is still great in small doses. Like anything it, you know, 
it, it's going to oversaturate. It's going to be too much. Like whenever he first came back and had the match with Taker, like it was great. The reaction was great. You know, he was fine for, I'm glad he was at least in the rumble. Cause then otherwise we wouldn't have had a single legend in the rumble, but it's one of those things too. I think Shane is better, you know, Kind almost like the Undertaker Triple H role to where it's like, hey, Shane comes back right before Mania. He works with the younger guy to kind of, you know, bring them up a little bit and call it good. It doesn't need to be, well, hey, we need our main focal point to be around Shane. Yeah. Because this his stuff with the Miz was good. You know, that was a great match when he knocked out the Miz's dad. That was good. His match with AJ was good. But you don't need it to be you know, hey, Shane's going to win the greatest elimination chamber ever because at this point in his career, he doesn't need it. Well, he's always good. Shane's always good. But it's just, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of... He's he's getting this spot because he is McMahon. I, it's just, I, I'm at I'm a loss for words. I'm going to say something really controversial. Who would have thought after all these years Vince would finally start to love Shane more than Triple H? That's the truth. Triple H is is dead to him. Before too long, we're gonna see Paul Levesque in the in the impact zone. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, running GCW. Hey, I'm I'm saying if for those of you listening, if you haven't listened to um, MC True Long Island Story. It is a Matt Cardona podcast where he's talking about the YouTube show he used to do, and, and it's over documenting his infamous run. Uh, he started using social media to get himself over because he wanted to spot on TV, and you know people think because of Papa Triple H and NXT that he's this good guy, but. If you go back to, you know, literally 2002 through 2013, just how like selfish and, you know, brutal Triple H was with bearing talent. Um, and, and it's one of those things to where there's an infamous quote that there, I can't, it, Zach Ryder, he created a championship title called the, uh, the Internet Championship. Hey, Rory. Yeah. You need to unplug and plug your headphones back in, brother. Just a little a little brother pause. But this guy, Zack Ryder, he created a fake championship. Never, never once was on WWE TV, but it was like the million-dollar championship. It's not a real belt. It's a gimmick title to make yourself look more impressive. And he brought it to TV because he was going to, see if he could wear it during his entrance and triple H in front of everybody. And this is why triple H is both an active wrestler and a producer and higher up. I don't know if he was COO yet, but anyway, was in power and he calls out Ryder in front of all the guys. And he says, you know, if you would have been a mark for yourself like that in the locker room, 10 years ago, you would have been thrown out and beaten up. You're the reason the houses are half empty now. Here we are in 2022, all wrestling, 
is struggling to get to a million viewers. And, and I say this, that, you know, for maybe Triple H did improve in-ring quality, but as far as building stars and drawing, I think there's a direct correlation of Triple H having influence and seeing it go down and down and down. All that to say that Shane McMahon is finally loved by his father. And Triple H will now be have to wrestle The Undertaker at Hell in the Cell at WrestleMania for his father-in-law's love. With that being said, you know, the my nice father thing, loves me. I know my dad loves me. I know my dad loves mm-hmm. me. I know those new gay guys love me. <laughs> the, 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 there you go. Um, for, for those that, for those that care Wednesday the, night I get to stay the Rams away. just uh, took an interception to ice the game and are now going to the Super Bowl They the Rams won yep they just won and now well. that the Rams are on the road to the Super Bowl we are officially on the road to Wrestlemania so the nice thing is this is usually the you know the best part of the year WWE programming wise. Um, we'll see. You know, that's not saying much compared to the rest of the year, but I will say it's it's interesting that one of the Saudi shows is now going to be the way they pitched it in the commercial for it the greatest elimination chamber is going to be live from the sands of Tatooine, and they're going to have a, you know, this I think is going to be the first show that's in WWE canon because yeah. of the way they're pitching it. So it'll be interesting because those shows, you know, there's, you know, we could talk about the ethics of those shows, um, but they're normally pretty good. Compared I feel to like that. Pl- I feel like that place has been con- uh, con- uh, contending for the title of greatest elimination chamber for a long time. You said it, not me. I'll say this. Hey, I will. I don't care. I've got nothing to lose. The the last and that's why you're the Rory Fox of this podcast. And it looks like Muhammad Hussein and Davari are making a run in on Roger right now in the middle of the ring. I will I will say this. The last show, um, I don't know if it was Crown Jewel or Sands of Time or whatever, but I really did. Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia. <laughs> uh, whenever, what was it? Was Lawrence of Arabia, and they had Edge versus Seth and Hell in the Cell. Like, that was a decent card. Like, not a bad card. So, if you're going to watch a WWE show, you're probably going to want to watch one of these. Um, but that being said, you know, will it help the road to WrestleMania or be like, oh, hey, that was random and had nothing to do with WrestleMania? I have a feeling that three week build. I have a feeling that road's going to have a lot of construction on it. <laughs> a lot of speed bumps. <sighs> um, hey, you that, know, if we can start the a yes movement for Seth Rollins, maybe we can have a triple threat match at WrestleMania, like everybody no. wants. I don't. I don't want to see that again. Uh, I don't. I don't want to see it at all. I. With that, let's move on to the wrestlers of the week. Let's. <laughs> we, we need to end on a positive note, right? Thank you. So, Landon, we'll start with you, then go to Roger, then to me. Yeah. 
because I am the main event. And uh, who lied to you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, what brother, a mark. I, what a mark. I, I I politicked backstage, and we're going on last. Um, yeah. jokes on you. I'm on a Warner contract. I'm just going to sit at home and get paid the same. <laughs> nice. I will say, my wrestler of the week for no particular reason is AJ Styles. Um, he's been one, one of my favorites ever since I discovered him in late 2005, mid 2005. Um, speaking of the rumble, like 2016 rumble when he came out, cause there were rumors about it, but it's like, Hey, like TNA guys don't come over. Right. You know, you got Lance Hoyt becoming Vance Archer and you got uh what's his face? Chris Harris being Braden Hammond Egger or whatever his name is. Like it just wasn't <laughs> I mean, it just wasn't a thing. It it didn't happen. You know, it's and it still kinda is. If you make a name for yourself elsewhere, cool. That doesn't mean anything till you, you prove to Vince that you're a name. And there's, you know, there's a punishment for that. But when AJ came in at number three in the Rumble that year, and it's like goosebumps, I was watching it with a good brother, Johnny Cove, and just remember like looking at each other like, is this real? Like, is this really happening? There's no way this is happening. And lo and behold, AJ came to WWE and he had to earn a spot for a little bit, but you know, this is early on in the, why are they shoving Roman down our throats? Right. Thing. And AJ was the first guy to show that Roman could hang, that Roman had made event credibility character. Wasn't there, but some of those banger matches that had like an extreme rules and backlash, maybe and stuff like that, just, like literally everything AJ does is good, whether it's teaming with Omos, whether it was the short lived good brother stuff, like his feud with Cena, like amazing. He, the man can do no wrong, even if he's in TNA doing a storyline where he is an illegitimate child. Just cannot do any wrong. All right, Roger, who's your wrestler of the week? Uh, my rest of the week is going to be Matt Cardona. Uh, pretty simple. Uh, so he had that match with Joey Janela, Jelly Nutella, Jelly Nutella, man, Jelly Nutella, uh, at the GCW World Show. And I mean, just it's incredible to see just how far that dude has come. Uh, just the response he got coming to the ring and just the way he presents himself and the confidence there. He just, he completely embraces what he's doing. And it's so refreshing because not a lot of people can really grasp things to that extent, as far as embracing their character. And uh, the match itself was fine. A lot of crazy chaos in it, but you know, honestly, it was kind of one of those matches where it was a nice reminder that not everything needs to be a five-star classic. Not everything needs to be steamboat and flair. Like sometimes you got to have these matches that are kind of chaotic, but at the end of it, you're like, I had a lot of fun watching that. And it was really great to have that. And it's awesome to see that he's just still on an absolute tear. Uh, so yeah, Matt Cardona is definitely my wrestler of the week. 
I, it, he's doing the best work of his career, bar none. Uh, he's never going to be your five star match guy. No, but he's always going to be good in the ring. Well, there's no one that's a bigger mark for himself than Matt Cardona. And that's the reason NXT got shut down. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's that's perfect. You see, Sorry. Triple H normally has a thirty-three three-thirds chance of winning a match. Oh my goodness! And whenever Vince puts his arm around the big bad booty nephew, I'm just saying. I, if I'm Triple loving this H, right now. If Triple H's final match is jobbing to Braun Breaker, I'll be happy. If Braun Breaker forms a new DX. <laughs> lost me there I'm, I'm loving this because we're covering the three major u.s brands out there wwe impact and now aw i never thought i would say this sammy guevara is my wrestler of the week the guy is growing on me as time has gone i hated him i hated him you didn't you didn't like Panda hat sticking his tongue out, Sammy. No, why not, brother? Brother, brother. But he could do four fifty. Brother, brother. I, 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 I'm just loving his work. He's he's turning a new leaf with me. Um, the the spots that he did in that match with Cody, we've talked about. Absolutely insane. I I can't believe he was able to pull some of that off. Um. It's just great. It's it's awesome to see them shine a light on someone like that. That uh, he's going to be one of the future uh, big pieces of that company, and uh, I think we're looking at a guy that's going to be a world champion one day. I don't, I don't, I don't know when. I don't know if it's going to be soon. I don't know if it's going to be down the line, but he's going to be world champion at some point in his career. Um, so Sammy Guevara is my wrestler of the week. I enjoyed the hell out of that match and uh can't wait to see uh who steps up to the plate next to face him and with that we'll get to our match uh, recommendations um since i went last i'll go first this time um Landon brought it up and it's all I've thought about since earlier in the earlier in the uh, uh, show. Um, my match recommendation this week is Brock Lesnar against Eddie Guerrero. No way out 2004. It's such a great moment. Uh, if I remember correctly, wasn't there quite a bit of blood in that match? I think there might have been some for Eddie. Yeah. It's it's some of the best, some of Brock's best work early on. Um, I love that era of Brock uh as well. But just seeing just seeing Eddie finally win that belt and conquer, it was great. It was it was such a great win. And just just go watch the match if you haven't seen it. It's well worth your time. And uh, that's what I'm going to say about it. Roger. 
You'll like this one. Uh, I'm going to go with Edge versus Matt Hardy. Steel cage match from Unforgiven. That's a that's a Lando chef's kiss. Right Dude, there. if you want to see hey, Matt Oklahoma. Hardy at peak, man, Matt, like I, I know that Matt was hot when he first started doing the broken gimmick. But man, when he came back for that edge feud, he was absolutely on fire. Uh, I was face. I was there in attendance for that match, and to this day, still probably one of the coolest, if not the coolest match I've ever seen in person. Like it was incredible. Well, it's like it's the perfect example of translating real life into a compelling story. Now, unfortunately for them, it was a very sensitive you know, private thing that became very public. Um, it would be interesting to see something like that happen today <clears throat> because I think everybody would just try and get everyone canceled. It's kind of like, you know, with, uh, who is it? it it's Sammy and Sammy and Tay. Tay. It's yeah. like the thing everyone's wanting to cancel Sammy for that. And it's like, brother, yep. 10 years ago, that would have just been an amazing storyline. You could have run with it. It is what it is, but I think, all things aside, that's the closest and most valid Matt Hardy could have ever been as a world champion. Like Absolutely. if he would have gotten a title run, then it like it probably would have worked. Yeah, I don't like think, he, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, like, if you go back to that first raw after Matt Hardy's been released and he comes back through the crowd. And he calls Edge Adam, and that's the first time in WWE you hear somebody on the programming saying a wrestler's real name, and it just added realism. Like they wanted, they just had so many great matches. They have like the loser leaves Raw ladder match. They had a match at SummerSlam. <clears throat> they had a street fight on Raw where Matt Hardy gives edge the side effect off of the stage into like an electrical pit and they're just getting fried. It's like, Oh yeah. So awesome money. stuff. <clears throat> Wonderful feud. What were you going to say, Jake? I don't think the Ty Conti and Sammy Guevara thing would be as big of a deal if he didn't publicly propose to his girlfriend on live television. Hey, well like mere months earlier. That's why it's called the wrestling business, not the wrestling romance. Hey, to quote Good Brother Gallows, wrestling business, it's a real tough business on families. Not wrong. Hey, I'm just saying, if we know anything about Sammy's past, it probably won't, you know, it wasn't the first time he's done something stupid to get in hot water. It probably won't be the last. Let's just hope it's not Yeah, when he's in a bigger position. Landon, what's, uh, what's your match recommendation <clears throat> of the week? So mine is AJ Styles versus John Cena at SummerSlam 2016. Great match. And it's because it's the first time they lock up. And it was like, it almost feels like a mania match because they build it as, hey, the, you know, they don't flat out say it, but Cena was the flagship star of his weekly wrestling show. And AJ was the flagship star of his weekly wrestling show. Yeah. And, you know, there was a PWI, I think, in 2006 that had seen an AJ on the cover. And it was like, if they were to go head to head, who's the winner? And, you know, I think even in the program, AJ says the only reason John Cena was on top is because AJ Styles didn't want to go to WWE. 
And it's just, there's a beautiful, beautiful moment in this match. Like it's the perfect clash of styles. Um, You know, AJ's just out wrestling Cena in circles. Like everything Cena does, AJ has a counter for. Cena starts to get more creative. And there's a moment, I think Cena goes for the AA and AJ just reverses it like nothing hits Cena with a Styles Clash, and he looks at the camera, and the camera picks it up. He's like, is this all he does? And then AJ's just like, man, <clears throat> and just starts laughing. And it's just like, it's money. It, it, it's great. It's a fun match. Um, it's good. It, it's a good dream match because you don't get anything like that. It'd be like, oh. you know, it's not necessarily on the same level, but in the 90s, like, hey, are we going to get to see Sting versus Undertaker? Right. Are we going to get to see Goldberg versus Stone Cold? You know, these pivotal characters on these competing companies. And we got it. So that's my recommendation for the week. Well, I say we we take this one home. Uh, Roger, is there any plugs you'd like to make while, we're, uh, while we got here? Absolutely. Uh, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Collecting Raj. You can also find me on YouTube where I have a slew of pack openings for cards, uh, action figure unboxing and reviews, uh, things of that nature. Um, and you can find me on YouTube as well uh, under Collecting Raj there. So subscribe, give me a follow, hit that like button, all that jazz. Uh, Facebook page coming soon. So can be on the lookout. Now, Roger, is it true that when you reach a certain subscriber goal, on youtube you've got a little special video uh yeah well, actually we had i recently done my toy room tour uh on the channel for hitting uh my most recent subscriber milestone uh the next one i haven't planned out what that's going to be just yet may have to be an updated toy room tour because i've actually had quite a bit since then um, but it may end up turning into a giveaway, but I'm not quite sure just yet. Still trying to figure that out. I'm actually getting re- inching really close to it already. So I'm pretty excited. <laughs> there uh, you go. It, 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 that first one took a while to get to it, but it's, it's, it's quickly growing a lot faster than I expected. So, uh, yeah, just check it out. If you're in a, you know, figures, wrestling, uh, you know, sports cards, you name it. I mean, it's all there. Just even if you want to put some in the background to hear me jaw on about what the hell ever, there's lots there, tons and tons of content. And I usually put stuff up just about every week. So go check it out. I'll say this. the I haven't watched that review, but I have seen that room myself. It's an incredible setup. I'm just going to say one word and nothing else. I'm not going to give any context. Pegboard. Watch that video and you'll, you'll know what I mean. And you will be amazed. Absolutely. Now, Couldn't agree. <laughs> Answer one question for me, Roger. Is it true that you still use dial-up internet? Uh, that is false. Um, I know that it's still primitive, but we do have a DSL out here. So, um, you know, sad story there, but it's not Spectrum. So if you get that joke, uh, roll with it. Landon does, and that's all that matters to me. It is. Hey, I'm, I was cranking out brand new VHS tapes in 2021, so I have no room to talk about anything modern. <laughs> Heck yeah. Landon, do you have anything you'd like to plug? I've got nothing. Um, if you if you haven't listened to Brother Fest, listen to it. Stay tuned for Brother Fest 2. Details coming shortly because we're on the road to WrestleMania slash Brother Fest 2. 
Um, and it's good. Check out our our Patreon to check out the video versions last week and this week. We've got 30, 40 minutes of pre-show stuff that doesn't air on the podcast and is only available on our Patreon. So just check out those things. Uh, we've also we've got some good stuff. Um, we're going to be sharing with a good brother of ours and just some ways you can support a certain mullet daddy, but all that and more TBA. And as always, great review, subscribe, uh, follow us on your local um, podcast, uh, you know, watch us on YouTube, whatever, whatever you use to, to, to follow this podcast, follow it. Um, if you're into the racing world, like the inside burn podcast, that is a podcast I'm doing on my own to, uh, cover my racing career that I have my racing, uh, media career. So follow that. Um, if you're going to be at SmackDown this Friday and you see a certain BIK crew rolling down, come say hi. To the brothers in kayfabe, El Gigante, Mr. Rasslin, Mr. Rory Stokes, and the return of Triple J, Jimmy Jackson from the grave, coming back. Uh, in all seriousness, uh, he is going to be coming to a wrestling show with us for the first time since before COVID. And we did figure out how to do reanimation. Yeah, so, you know, um, I did ask him if he would uh, join the video game wars and make a video game sign to take to WWE. Uh, so we'll see. He hasn't responded, which is uh, typical of dead people. So um, we'll see y'all then. Uh, but let's uh, let's take this out, boys. What an episode. But like all of our episodes, they just end up being too sweet Sweet. or life. We'll see you guys next week.